Well, as Pastor Tim's already mentioned, this is the Sunday we celebrate Sanctity of Life Sunday here at First Baptist, and we I want to make a quick announcement before our speaker comes, just to let you know there's a way in which you can be involved, a uh, small way, an important way, there's other ways, but uh, we want to encourage you uh, to be involved this way, at least here from our church, and that's the Baby Bottle Boomerang. You guys knew it was going to come around again, right? It is here, and uh, this year, uh, the Baby Bottles will go to Life Matters uh, worldwide, the ministry there uh, with Tom Lothamer and his wife Nancy, and by the way, we're glad to have them here. We've had a ministry with them for a, a good number of years and got to be good friends with them, so I'm looking forward for him coming. These bottles will be in the gym. You can pick them up there today and part of this week's in out snow and we're going to extend it a little longer and then now uh, we will need you to turn them in by february 14th and wh what is february 14th valentine's Day. every woman in the place said that and uh <laughs> that's when we need them by so it's a small way in which you can particip participate but a very important way yeah and uh you can put you know it's not just for change you can put dollar bills in there hundreds uh <laughs> anything right Tom checks we'll take it all right you just yeah we'll get it all so we want to want to encourage you to do that so and as I've already said it's a privilege to have Tom and his wife Nancy here with us so he's going to come now and minister to us yeah, thank you <laughs> you know one of the, the blessings of the baby bottle boomerang is the fact that you can have these bottles on the counter or whatever at home maybe even two or three, you know, and uh, you have a whole month to kind of be discussing the sanctity of human life, uh, just amongst the family, grandma and grandpa and the kids and, and this and that, and even people that might come into your home and uh, they say, well, what's that up there for? And you can share about the sanctity of human life. And so use this as an opportunity, not only to put in your change and yes, uh, your bills or your checks or whatever, but the biggest thing is, is allows us to think for a while about us being made in God's image and uh, so important and I don't know if you, in fact before we start, I just want to have a word of prayer that God would just really speak to me and to us uh, as we share today okay father I do want to thank you that we're not here by any surprise um, uh, it is isn't happenstance that, Father, from before the foundation of the earth, on this day, in this room, you called us to be here. And we thank you for that. And since you've done that, I'm sure you have a plan for us to hear from your word and to be challenged by it, to be encouraged and um, uh, emboldened, whatever the case might be. But, Lord, whatever it is, may the Holy Spirit have free reign in our hearts that we might be a different people when we walk out of this room as when we came in. That is our prayer, and we just commit this time to you because you deserve all the praise. And it's in your name we pray, amen. You know, um, I don't know if you're like me, but uh, this thing called walking with God, um, it's not an easy uh, life. The Christian life is not easy. And I mean that in the sense that in and of ourselves, it's impossible for us to walk with God and to please God and, and all those things. In fact, from the very beginning, I didn't wake up one morning many years ago and said, I'm going to go find God today. <laughs> you know, it's he 
uh, as it were, found me. In other words, he made me aware of my need uh, for salvation, and because of his grace, and I love that song that was just sung, that Matt Redman, Matt Redman song, was I sometimes will pull that up on my phone and put it through my car as I'm driving down the road, and I don't try to, well, I sing, but you just don't want me to sing, hear me sing, you know, but uh, it's a great song because, you know, it's grace binds us, and no matter what we do, his grace surpasses that. It's amazing. You know, if, if you've had any failure in your Christian life in the last day or week or whatever, his grace surpasses that. It's, some, it's, it's the love of God. And, and so uh, we try to, by the grace of God, each day to walk with him, to hear from him what he wants us to do, who he wants us to engage with, but especially with our family and our friends, that we might encourage them and, and bless them. And as I were, say sometimes, I've heard said, speak life into them. So important. And uh, one of the things as a Christian, though, uh, and we see this, that we're to grow in the Lord after we come to Christ. We're to go through that process of sanctification. And hopefully today I'm better off or closer with Christ than I was a day or a week or a year ago. But he's also said, you are my ambassadors. And that has the idea that that's not something that we put on and take off. It's we are his ambassadors every single day, every moment of every day. And God, in his goodness to me, there are times when I fail. I don't think like I should. I don't act like I should, possibly. And God, in his mercy and his grace, brings me back to center and helps me to focus on what is right, what is truth. And I continue that process. There will become a day when it will not be an issue anymore. I'll be with him. And, and I will be, as it were, uh, perfect, just as you will be when we are in heaven. But until that time, he's saying, Stay the course, stay focused, be intentional about your Christian life. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today, um, being intentional. And, you know, you say, well, this is Sanctity Sunday. I thought we were going to talk about the sanctity of life. Well, we are, because to be ambassadors for Christ, we're image bearers going into a lost and dying world and representing Christ and sharing Christ in so many different and varied ways. There's, there's no one way, because God is a, a, a God of tremendous variety, and you know, and you know that because look at us, <laughs> we're all different, you know, and uh, we're not all the same, but uh, he wants us to be ambassadors, as Paul said, he said, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, there in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And I would implore you on behalf of Christ, if you're here today and you've never, ever turned your life over to Jesus Christ, today is the day to do it. If you are in a position in life, you know the Lord, but you're not where you need to be, I implore you, come back to center. And I, and I say that to myself. Every day I have to ask the question. I have to make a choice. Am I going to walk with the Father or am I going to go my own way and my own strength and power? 
And you know what that causes there? Disaster. <laughs> and we don't want to be there. We want to be with them. So let's start then and go back to Joshua chapter 1 in our scripture. I'm going to read to you about nine verses, and I'll, I'll share with you where we're going to camp out, okay? But we're going to talk about the servant of the Lord. And frankly, every one of us want to be in that place or come to that place where we are called by God himself, there's my servant, my faithful servant. And whether you're six years old or 16 or 36 or 86, that is our goal in Christ, is that we become more like him. That's our goal. So as I read here in the first chapter of Joshua, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and note that, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised Moses. And notice as we go through here, it's always a fulfillment of his promises, isn't it? You know, God never lies. He always does what he says he's going to do. His word is always true. Always. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward, the great sea being the Mediterranean, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. And you know, in a sense, I stopped there, and I really believe that God says to us, if you follow me, and you serve me as I've commanded you to do, you will be victorious, as we see here in just a moment about Joshua. This is not something written of old that's not possible for us today. And then he said, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. That's uh, there, and I will not leave you nor forsake you. In verse 6, be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And there's a whole bunch of teaching in those nine verses. You know, he talks about be courageous. You know, in this day and age in our culture where it's kind of scary, you don't know if you go to the mall that there's going to be a gun battle. You don't know if in the schools. Uh, you don't know if there's going to be suicide bombers. All of the stuff going on, and, and even today God is saying to us, be strong and courageous. I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
I love what Louis Giglio said uh, a year ago last Thanksgiving. We were there in the service in Atlanta, and he said, the storm will not last forever, but the sovereignty of God does last forever. And even in the midst of the storm that you may be going through, even right now, God is supernaturally working in your life or does work in our lives to make us to become more like himself. That's what the Christian life is all about, is as we go through the great times and through the hard times, God is with us every moment of every day, and he's saying, I'm going to allow this into your life because in the process, you will become more like me, more conformed to his image, is what he's talking about there. And then we notice also that if we meditate on the word of God, he said, there and that's where you're going to find success. Isn't that true? How many times have you read through the scriptures and this one time for the hundredth, the thousandth time, you've read this little portion of scripture and the Holy Spirit of God zeroes in on that in your life and causes you to think differently than what you did before, just before you read that scripture. I'm, that's what happened, I, I was telling you in the Sunday school hour when I read Matthew chapter five. You know, you know you've heard said that thou shalt not commit murder and all that and, and, and I thought, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, how I treat my wife has everything to do with whether I'm walking in faith, everything to do whether I'm honoring image, how I treat my children, how I treat you as my brothers and sisters in Christ, has everything to do with whether I believe or not believe in the sanctity of human life and us being made in his image. It, it, it's like, whoa, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm getting it. <laughs> and I'm working, I'll, I'll let you know today I'm still working on it. I, I'm in the process, okay? But you, you see through here that he's saying, you know, be courageous, be strong. Uh, I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. Meditate on my word because when you do that, you're going to have success. All of that is in there. But there's something that I thought was very interesting when I was reading this. They said, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. And I thought, wow. And in fact, I was listening to a message about this recently. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I, and so I started to think through this, and I, and I said, okay, assistant. Who would be that in the scripture? Well, Aaron certainly was an assistant to Moses. Elisha was an assistant to Elijah. Timothy was an assistant, as it were, to Paul. John Mark, remember the guy that fell out of grace and got back into grace, remember, with Paul, uh, and so forth. But what is, a, what is an assistant? Well, uh, certainly it's a servant, but an assistant, as I looked it up in the dictionary, is a person who assists or gives aid and support. Helper. Now, I could look at Pastor Ron, and, and in a sense, we call him an assistant pastor. You probably have a different title. But, but you, are, you give aid and support. Uh, as a, a follower of Christ and a member of Calvary Baptist Church, I offer support to my pastors, to the others of our congregation. Assistance. Another uh, thing they had there is that a person who is subordinate to another in rank. Secondary. And I'm certainly that in many cases, you know. And then serving in an immediately, in, in immediately subordinate position of secondary rank. 
And you know something? I've started thinking about that. And there's many times when we as believers in Jesus Christ are called upon to be an assistant, called upon to serve someone, to help someone succeed in the area that they've been called. And there's nothing wrong with that because Joshua, 40 years he led the army. He was one with Caleb who said, let's go in, and the other 10 said no. He was the one that went with Moses up onto the mount to get the commandments. I mean, he was no small dude in a sense. He was important, but yet he was an assistant to Moses. And, and I wonder in my life if I can recognize where I'm called upon to be an assistant. Well, then I started to think, okay, what about then the servant of the Lord? Um, wow, uh, who's that? And what is the characteristics of a servant of the Lord? And I started thinking about Moses. Was Moses always referred to as the servant of the Lord? No. I mean, you remember back in Egypt when he killed that guy and then he fled. And how many years did he serve in the wilderness, his father-in-law, and tended sheep? How many? Forty years. <laughs> that's that's, that's got to be several PhDs, I think. You know what I mean? I mean, he had to go through and had to come to the place where he was saying, anything you want, I will do. And then he had to put that into practice. Remember at the burning bush, he tried in vain to get God to send someone else to Egypt. And God said, no, you're the one. I've chosen you. And you remember the rest of the story. And finally he did go, but God did allow him to have Aaron as his mouthpiece. That was true. But in the process of those 40 years, and then in the process of another 40 years to right now, when Moses has died, has died, he is referred to as a servant of the Lord. And you know something, when I think about that, we don't have to be a Moses. I mean, he was really big in Scripture. I mean, he, the first five books. And also remember Another thing before I let this go is remember when he said to meditate on the word? At that time, Joshua only had the five books. He didn't have all that we have, you know, the, the word from God and so forth. But he was a servant. Now, um, who were some of those uh, servants of the Lord? I looked in scripture, I was thinking about, well, Abraham was mentioned in Genesis 26 as a servant of the Lord. Of course, Moses in Exodus and Deuteronomy. David in 2 Samuel was described as a servant of the Lord. Isaiah in Isaiah 20 verse 3 was described as such. Mary, remember when she was speaking to the angel? So let it be. You know, I'm your servant basically, she said. She was a servant of the Lord. And then, uh, of course, the prophets. And then the most notable one, of course, was Jesus himself. He was a servant of the Lord. Then I started to think through this. Well, what, what are some of the character traits that would mark a servant of the Lord? Well, I, and I didn't put these in any rank order, 
but I started to think, well, a servant of the Lord would be a righteous person by the grace of God. That servant would be faithful. And when they said something, they absolutely meant it and they followed through on what they said. They have a sense of justice. They have a sense of ethics and what that entails. Uh, they are a man or a woman of the word. They're an encourager. They're a teacher in many respects. And they speak life into people. And while a leader, still a servant. We never, even though we might be classified as a servant of the Lord, we are still first and foremost a servant. And we read that uh, when we go over to um, Matthew chapter uh, 20, and I'll go there quickly for you. And it's just a verse, but it's, it's a very important one. It says, even the Son of Man, this is Jesus speaking, came not to be served, but to, not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Isn't that something? A king of kings and the Lord of lords, the author of this book, came to demonstrate what it looked like to be a servant because he did it. And then I remember over in Philippians chapter 2, um, he says here, uh, as we look, and it says here in verse 3, chapter 2 of Philippians, and kind of describing a little bit uh, the uh, servant of the Lord, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility... Count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Do you see that? And, I, and I'm still convicted about that because most of the time, if I really be honest with you, I'm thinking about number one, me. And it's very supernatural. Grace of God, Holy Spirit led when we can have our lives pointed in the direction of looking out for others more than ourselves. And that's a process that God wants to work on day by day. And then he said, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Do you see some of the character traits of the servant of the Lord? And that is especially talking about Jesus, but that's us. Can we not give our lives, our very lives, for the sake of the gospel? Can we not give of ourselves for the sake of our loved ones, our family, our neighbors, and so forth? Because that's exactly what Christ does. He did not come to be served. He came serve. And, and I was thinking of that. Wow. And you know, these people, these servants, give themselves to others, and they look to meet the needs of others. It's kind of a daily thing that we want to do. And you know, the interesting thing about it is sometimes we think, oh, I'm going to get this, I'm going to do this for me, and so forth, and it's going to make me happy. And you know, the rea reality of that is, is we're not happy. 
until we can try something else to make us happy. But when we give of ourselves, you know, then there's blessing there. There's something good about that. And I remember a few weeks ago, it was Thanksgiving time, I was in Atlanta, and my daughter-in-law, Sonara, asked me if I'd run to the store and get a couple things. And so I get out of the car at the store in Hapeville, H-A-P-E-ville, Hapeville, at a Kroger, and I get out of the car, and here comes this guy that looks really needy, okay, if you know kind of what I'm thinking about. And, and he said, uh, he kind of, I thought he was saying, can I have some money? And I said, no, I'm sorry. And he said then, I'm hungry. And I said, you're hungry? I said, well, come on inside. I'll buy you some food. And, you know, I, I just, that time I listened to the Spirit of God, all right? And uh, not always, but that time, and his name was Russell. And I said, well, okay, what do you want? And so I bought him a loaf of bread, some ham, uh, some cheese, some, he said, can I have some mayonnaise? Sure, you can have some mayonnaise. Bought him a couple things of soda and so forth. And it was fun. We were walking around, and all the time I'm sharing about God, you know. I said, you know, the Lord, you know, you know what you do. And then we got done. I paid. It's just $11.49. Who can't afford $11.49, all right? Uh, you know, but then at the end, I pulled him aside and said, let's just pray. And I got to pray with him and encourage him in the Lord. And and just to see the, the smile on his face, you know, to say thank you. And that was so, in a sense, insignificant, but it was significant in that sense. And you know what? He needed an extra dollar to get on the bus, and so I gave him another dollar, and then we said our goodbyes. And, you know, after that, I don't know what God did with that. That's not my job, is it? My job is to be obedient and in that moment, I was to do what he asked me to do. And so that's what life is. It's, it's moment by moment. It's one success in Christ after another success. It's focusing, being intentional on looking out to the needs of others. That's a servant of the Lord. Thinking image, thinking love of Christ, and how can I minister and help and you know, there's something about that. To this day, with Russell, I smile. I, it was just, and that was God. And I'm saying, thank you, Lord, for giving me that chance to serve you. And whatever he does with that is up to God and Russell, okay? Well, servant of the Lord. So was Moses always the servant of the Lord, as I just mentioned a little bit ago? No. He was not. He went through the fire in Egypt. He went through literally fire in the wilderness until finally God apparently thought he was ready and by the burning bush he commissioned him to go be the speaker for Israel to, to Pharaoh. And the great courage that he had and how he walked with God. But what about Joshua, the assistant Go over to Joshua 24 and verse 29. Now we're talking about the very end of his life, just before God was going to take him, okay? And when we look at verse 29, it says, After these things, Joshua, the son of Nun, 
the servant of the Lord. Did you see that? God said, you have successfully done what I've asked you to do. You have obeyed me. You have the best of your ability by the Spirit of God to walk with me day by day and to grow, to become more like myself, like my image. And he was then called the servant of the Lord. In the beginning of the book, the first couple words, he was called Moses' assistant. And then if you go over to Judges chapter 2 and verse 8, it says the very same thing about Joshua. So I, I guess I ask the question, what about us? What about you and me? Where are we on this plan of God for us who know Christ as Savior? Where are we in our growth? Where are we in submitting day by day to his will and by the grace of God becoming stronger in Christ and that's because we're looking into his word. We're spending time with him in prayer. And you know, and that, here's another little, I'll give you a little mini message, okay? I started thinking about this um, the other day. Um, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Come boldly onto the throne of grace, that you may receive grace and find mercy in your time of need. You remember that verse? And I started to think. I thought of uh, Esther Remember when she was going to go before the king and if he did not raise the scepter and she came in, she'd be killed. Or do you remember David and Nathan when Nathan was going to come in to confront the king and he had the courage to do so and he looked at him and says, you're the man after he told the story. He could have been killed, but he wasn't. And I think how many of you, even if you desired to go see the president of our country, You'd walk, knock on the door of the White House, I want to see the president. Do you know what chances you'd have of doing that? You'd be arrested before you even got into the grounds, okay? Or a leader of a corporation, or people of high authority. The chances of you getting in immediately are pretty slim. But then think about this for a minute. Those of us who know Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who created all the earth, who keeps it all, the universe, in conformity and everything, at any time we can go in and, as it were, bow the knee and talk to our Heavenly Father. What a deal. And I, to my shame, don't do that enough. When I have a need, and I'm wrestling with what to do. Sometimes it's the last thing I do is go to the Heavenly Father and say, Lord, I've been wrestling with this. I know you have a plan for this situation since before the foundation of the earth. Would you please show me what that is? And I'll tell you what, he will. Now, maybe not in our time, but he will. And I just marvel at that, don't you? You just study the universe sometimes and how intricate it is and how vast it is. And, and I was, Nancy was just telling me that something about our own galaxy, um, that the time was a circle, the, the universe, it's just gazillion years because we're constantly moving in a proper rotation, I trust. <laughs> you know, and it's just, but we have that access before the King of kings and Lord of lords. But what about us as servants of the Lord. What is he doing in your life? What's he doing in my life? Are we open to becoming closer to him? Are we open to submit 
to his rule and his reign? Are we willing to say, Father, okay, I know I have all these desires and so forth, but I'm going to put them in the background because I want to serve you. I want to be known as a servant of the Lord, one who can be counted on, who can reflect Jesus Christ. That's, that's what I want to be known as. And so when the end comes, I would definitely, you would definitely hear, well done, good and faithful servant. servant. And you know something? More than ever in our culture, in this day and age, we need men and women, young people, by the grace of God, it is a grace thing, to stand for Christ to live for Christ, to be that light that goes out into the world, even into the darkness, so that we might reflect Jesus Christ. And you know something, it's not going to be easy. We just look around the world and what's going on with even Christians who are taking a stand. Even in our own country, are you a Christian? The guy shoots him. It costs, but the cost is very minimal compared to what God will do in our lives if we obey him. Now, there's two responses that we can have to the call of God to serve. I want to first take you over to Ezekiel. We'll close with this. Ezekiel chapter 22. And I want to look at verse 30. And this is a really convicting, to be honest with you, verse or two. Really, really convicting. He said in verse 29, let's go there. It says, The people of the land have practiced extortion and committed robbery. They have oppressed the poor and the needy, and they have exhorted, uh, extorted from the sojourner without justice. In other words, they were evil people. And then God said through the author, He said, I sought for a man among them who should build up the wall and stand in the breach for me in the land that I should not destroy it but I found none. Wouldn't that be an awful thing if God was calling out this nation, this community even, and saying, I'm looking for someone who will stand in the gap, someone who will build up the wall, someone who will stand in the breach. And sad to say, he found none. And I'm convicted about that. Am I willing to sacrifice all that's important to me for the importance of Christ my Savior? Am I willing to do that today? And then I want to go back to the book of Isaiah. You know this portion, chapter 6. And I love this, this uh, part because um, I, I just visualize what it might look like um, here. This is, of course, the time when Isaiah's vision of the Lord, and he actually literally saw God in the year that King Uzziah died in verse 1 of chapter 6. I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And the one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundation of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips, 
and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. In other words, this was Isaiah, the one called, and he's looking, and he sees God, and he says, oh, woe is me. I'm, I'm awful. I'm unclean. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then in verse 6, Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having his hand, in his hand a burning coal that he had taken from the, the, uh, with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth, and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. <laughs> God did that. And then I heard a voice saying, who, Whom shall I send, or who will go for us? Then I said, here am I, send me. And he said, go and say to this people and instructed. And I can just visualize that he was so touched and so moved by God intervening in his life and touching him and taking away that sin. When God said, who's going to go for me? I, <laughs> I can see him jumping, saying, send me. I want to go. And then God gave him his instructions. That's the kind of... Um, character, if I can say, that God is looking for from us is that when we're called, that we say, send me. It could be a teacher of a Sunday school. It could be a deacon. It could be some ministry in the community. It could be even being sent to some place other than here as missionary. But remember, we're all missionaries, of course, to the world. Whatever it is. But, so we have a choice. Is it going to be where God calls into our life and we don't stand up, or like Isaiah, we're going to say, here am I, send me. And that's what we're talking about today when we think of the servant of the Lord. All these people we've mentioned, even people that you can remember right now, they're living still today, you think of that person, you say, mm, they are a servant of the Lord. They submitted their life to him, and they continue to do so day by day. And that's our challenge for you and I today is where we're at right now in our lives, are we willing to say yes to the Lord in service? Now that yes may be just being a testimony in your place of work. It may be some work here in the ministry at First Baptist. It, whatever it is, are we willing? And then if we're there, what this message is all about is reaffirmation. Say, good going. You're doing it. Keep on. Stay intentional. But maybe you're here today and you say, you know what? I've been a slacker. I have been kind of stepping aside and not really doing what God has called me to do. You need to today. We all need to say, you know what? I'm going to change that. And I'm going to intentionally focus on Christ and what he wants me to do at whatever cost. I'm going to do that. And then there may even be someone, as I mentioned before, that you, you don't even know Jesus Christ. You couldn't even boldly come to the throne of grace in the sense of just find grace and mercy, only except to be saved. You know, come to the throne and say, I need you as my Savior. And if you haven't done that, today is the day. We don't know about tomorrow. But what we do know about is right now at this moment. And if you need Christ, don't leave this facility the same way you came in. Please, don't do that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we've been reminded in your word today that to be strong and courageous 
You've reminded us that you never leave us nor forsake us. You're with us at all times. In fact, you have said in the Psalms 139 that your thoughts toward us outnumber all the grains of sand and all the seashores. You're constantly thinking about us. You've reminded us that if we study your word and we memorize your word and we meditate upon your word, you've said in our lives we will find true success. And then, Lord, you've reminded us to be like Joshua, just a faithful servant, an assistant, but one day then you called him at the end of his life a servant of the Lord. That's our desire is to be a servant of the Lord, Father, to go forth and tell about God and his love to those who are made in his image and how he desires that they come to know him. So, Father, please uh, be pleased by what is said today. Please uh, help us as we go to think about this each day even, the rest of the day this week, about what is it you're calling us, me, to do. And we'll thank you for that and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Tom. We do want to uh, certainly think about those passages of Scripture and help us to live our lives where at the end of our life we can be called a true servant of God. Eh? Amen. Well, we're going to close in a song. Chris is going to come close in a song. And Tom and Nancy, I want to encourage you to, uh, to go ahead and go on to the back to your table. And I want to encourage everyone here to visit their table. And not to forget, you can pick up your baby bottle in the gym uh, before you leave, or two or three, like Tom said, and uh, uh, fill them up and, and bring them back. So, Chris, won't you come? <laughs>